Welcome to episode 79 of Drew's Sports Crew here on this Sunday night after that crushing Packer defeat myself, Drew Skyberg. We're here. We're going to be talking about that game, of course. I was at the Brewer game today, too, so I was able to go to the Brewer game, come back to Milwaukee, in Milwaukee at UW-Milwaukee, and was able to watch Basically, the other half of the Packer game. So it was actually a very successful sports day here for myself, as you see, I'm wearing the Brewers stuff. But as being able to still watch some of the Packer game, I was still a lot of takeaways for myself in the second half. Looking forward to rewatching the first half as well. But again, I mean, I'm going to be having the chat up here if you want to send in questions, concerns, you know, your key takeaways. We'll be talking about them here tonight and of course if you're listening monday and you still want to send in takeaways of course please send them in and we'll we'll talk about them as well but let's get to it we have a lot of stuff here we're going to still talk about high school football that still took place on friday again brewers if you're watching the 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 packer game and missed all the brewers i got you covered i'll talk about some takeaways there but first we gotta go through the announcements of course social media at Drew's Sports Crew on the Instagram and Twitter, and then on YouTube and Facebook, Drew's Sports Crew there. And with that, we have hats and the bottom, as you see, you know, they are for sale. So please, if you are interested in a hat, $15, Journey to Million or Drew's Sports Crew, not repping the hats right now, but you can kind of see it in the background. I mean, if you look back there, can you see it? Well, there it is. Yeah, there we go. You see the Drew Sports Crew. There's my hat. If you want in, please, you know, $15. That's all it takes. And uh, we can get you that or Journey to Million. That hat's actually under it. You can't really tell, but it's there. I want to see that. Otherwise, Fantasia, you know, join me on Fantasia. Those links are always down below. Thrive. If you want to begin your journey to a million, promo code J2M gets you started on that. Yeah, live stream days. I got to talk about what is going on this week. So right now it looks like we'll be having, of course, Drew's baseball crew. I'll be bringing my daily fantasy for lineups tomorrow night. And then Wednesday, it looks like Journey a Million will be recorded as well. I'll make sure to send that stuff all on social media as you know, that's how we operate. Make sure anyone who wants to come in, they have an opportunity to come on the show, chat with us in the chat, or even coming on as a guest, of course. But those are the main announcements right now. I think we'll start with the high school recap here before we get into what is going on with the Green Bay Packers. But let's go to the high school, of course. So in the high school world, we had week four already. Yeah, I know time is flying here. And uh, we had, you know, I, I chose the game of the week. I said KLC New Holstein was going to be the closest game, and I was spot on, you know. Hate to toot my own horn, but that's how it was. 14 to 13 was that game. A one point difference there compared to a 25, uh, 25 point difference, a 36 point difference, and a 47 point difference. So look looks pretty good for that being the game of the week that I picked. But let's go to the game of the week right away here. So Cola, Sheboygan Lutheran, Sheboygan Christian, the KLC Blue Bombers, they get the job done over New Holstein. And a surprise, not a surprising win. I, I, I won't say I was necessarily surprised. I was, I, I just, you know, with KLC getting the job done there against New Holstein, it seemed maybe New Holstein was a tear up from them. 
again, I mentioned this this game would answer a lot of questions, and it answered a lot of my questions for sure. I was wondering if KLC was at New Holstein's level below them or above, I guess. So I'm I can proudly say we can see KLC they they're evenly matched teams. They're more of an e- equal tier here. And I would say that, you know, KLC proved Lafayette wrong in this game. And they go up 6-0 to start the game. And then Noelson gets a touchdown in the second quarter. And then they get a touchdown for KLC in the third. And then Holstein scores in the fourth. But the extra point was unsuccessful. So that is how we got there. Let's go through some stats, though, in the game. Sean Floyd for New Holstein, one for 10 with two interceptions. And for rushing, it was Luke Graff, 23 of 126, averaging five and a half yards in attempt with a touchdown. Also, Cole Schaefer, 11 for 30 with a touchdown for him. Luke Graff receiving, one for 24 there. No touchdowns on the receiving end. KLC, let's go to Max Breenbach, 10 for 18 with a touchdown. Cole Branemuel. Six for 12 with a touchdown, two interceptions for him. Big story for running was was Nolan Villa, Villawak, 16 for 68, 4.2 yards in attempt there. And there was Noah Hyden. Seems like we're saying his name every week here. Six for 66 there. Jalen Paul, two for 49 with a touchdown for the Blue Bombers. Again with them, they get their conference win here. They beat the New Holstein Huskies by a point here in the stats. Then yeah, New Holstein, they go to two and two overall one on one in conference. KLC goes to one and three overall as they got their first win one and one in conference next game here. Kiel Ron Colley, 37 to 12 was the final kill Raiders. They get the job done. They go two and zero in conference, right? They beat, they beat brilliant last week. They get the job done against the jets here. And yeah, I mean, 13 to six was the, Score end of one with Braden Reimer having a, a 40 yard touchdown. But with that, I mean, it was really all keel the rest of the way, it seems. We'll get into the stats here. They they ran the ball, I mean, the whole game. Uh, right now, we see Dominic Thiele one for eight with, um, so they passed eight times there. Um, and really nothing going in the passing game. But the story was Braden Reimer, 30 for 223, averaging 7.4 yards in attempt with two touchdowns. And then on the keel end, we saw the story being the same thing. I mean, they ran the ball a bunch. It was Bryce Gullickson, 14 for 176 with a touchdown. Also, Counter Faust, 5 for 95 with two touchdowns. Colin Gossi, also 8 for 92 with two touchdowns. 453 total rushing yards for the Keel Raiders got the job done for them. Not much going on in the receiving end for both squads. And yeah, defense then, Ron Colley defense had two sacks, one of them by Reimer, and an interception by Cannon Kinsella there for the Jets. But yeah, going to the standings, right? Keel, they go to 2 0 in conference, 2 2 overall. Have those two tough non con games. And for Ron Colley, 0-2 in conference, 1-3 and overall for them. Let's go next game, the Battle of 151. And Chilton, they got the job done here in a commanding 48-12 win over the Valders Vikings. And it was an excellent game played by the Chilton Tigers. They did exactly what they wanted to against this Valders defense. They wanted to run the ball. 
I mean, as many we've we've seen already, that's what many teams wanted to do against Valders. They did just that. 41 attempts as a team for 386 yards, six touchdowns with that. But going, you know, we'll start with, the, of course, the Chilton sides. Max Miller, seven for nine. And Hudson Ludwig, two for two with a touchdown. Yeah, the rushing, it was mainly Jared Gell, 18 for 215, 11.9 yards an attempt. With four touchdowns, Max Miller, 11 for 127 with two touchdowns there. There's your six touchdowns for them. And then they also had a receiving touchdown by Oscar Rodriguez. He had a 51-yard receiving touchdown for the Tigers. Otherwise, they had one sack for them and not much. I'm not seeing anything else there. Let's go to Valders. Let's talk about what they did. Trey Schneider, 8 for 18 with a passing touchdown there. Also for rushing. Trey Schneider, 14 of 88. Also, Kane Kish, 13 for 47. Receiving-wise, we have Elias Sparks, 4 for 34 with a touchdown. Cole Hovey was in the action as well, 4 for 51 with no touchdowns there. Chase Duvedek had a sack is what I'm seeing. The lone sack, it looks like, for the Vikings. But otherwise, going to the standings, Valders falls to 0-2 in conference, 1-3 overall. And the Chilton Tigers, 2-0 in conference, 2-2 overall. We got one more game to talk about, and let's go to it here. Brilliant and Two Rivers was the game. Two Rivers, I mean, I'll say the stat right now. They have yet to allow a point this year. Insane stuff. They're up 34-0 at half over Brilliant, and yeah, they eventually win 47-0. And again, let's go through some of the stats. No stats for the Brilliant Lions, unfortunately, here. But we can tell you here, Justin Klinkner had himself a day still. 14 of 23, two touchdowns and an interception there for Klinkner. Chase Mathias, 18 of 123, but two touchdowns. Damian Gretz, two for 59 with a touchdown. And then Justin Klinkner on the ground, four for 35 with a touchdown. And look, this seems to be a common theme, a balanced receiving attack for the Two Rivers Raiders, Chase Kellner, two for 21. Austin Phillips, two for 20. Chase Mathias, one for 54 with a touchdown. Damian Gretz, two for 22. Elijah Mott, five for 88 with a touchdown. Xander Pop, two for 16. Brilliant wise, again, no stats. Otherwise, that don't really have it. We have the defensive end. We have two interceptions done, or Xander Pop had them both here. Two sacks, then one for Max Mathias and another for Christian Piles. I can report that. So standings report, I'll just read them all now here. We have three 2-0 teams in conference. Chilton Tigers, Gale Raiders, the Rivers Raiders, all 2-0. Two Rivers being 4-0 overall, I should add as well. KLC and New Holstein, 1-1, both of those squads. And then three 0-2 teams, Brilliant, Ron Colley, and Valors. Stats-wise, Justin Klinkner. 68 there for him leading the conference in passing yards. Next closest, Max Miller four with 493. Then Max Breenbach, Max Breenbach of KLC with 397. Rushing yards, Brayden Reimer, 601 rushing yards, leads the conference. Chase Mathias, 496 at second. Jared Gelden in third with 436 after the big game against Valders. Noah Heinen leads the conference in receiving with 300 yards on the dot. Cole Hovey in second with 250 on the dot. 
Elijah Mott in third with 238 yards receiving. There is your stats and standings report. Again, WSN, I begin this information on there with coaches, of course, reporting the stats, but go check it out. WSN, their page is linked below. That's the Wisconsin Sports Network. So thank you again to Wisports.net for helping out with that aspect. Let's go to the choose some a game of the week here. So we got four games on the slate, as always, in conference action. New Holstein and Chilton, Roncalli Brilliant, Two Rivers Keel, Valders KLC. My game of the week pick here is Valders traveling to play KLC, the Blue Bombers at Kohler, it looks like. That should be a great game again. New Holstein and the Magic Out. I'm intrigued to see how this Valders defense hangs in there because Again, Valder's the issue, it seems, has been the run to start the year. How can this team fare against the pa- a pass-heavy, maybe not as pass-heavy as they've been, but we still know KLC loves to throw the ball. I think this should be a great game. I think it's going to be closer than Two Rivers Keel, Roncalli Brilliant, and New Holstein Chilton. So based on that, this, this game will be the game of the week. So I'd be keeping your eyes on that game if you want a thriller. But overall, I think that's all we have for the EWC report for high school football. So let's move on here. We got to talk about, I guess we'll go to the Brewers here and then we'll talk Packers. But if anyone wants to send in Packer information, of course, we will include that here on this Sunday night. Anyways, let's go to the Brewers. So again, I was able, uh, I mean, I was at the game, got my Giannis bobblehead. It was quite the bobblehead. They got the job done. The Brewers did win against the Cincinnati Reds. It was great to see, even though they made it a little close. It seems like they love to do that. They love to make the game nice and close at times, but it was an interesting week. It was up and down to for sure. Started great with a 6-4 to four win in Colorado, and then arguably the worst loss of the year on Tuesday, 7-10. to 10. Were they up 6-1 to one in the eighth inning? And they managed to give up nine runs in a span of the eighth, ninth, and the tenth. I mean, it was it was atrocious. Um, Luis Perdomo, hate to name names, but certainly is one to point fingers at in that loss. One, one of the one of the guys who really had a rough outing, and then an eight to four loss on Wednesday. You you win both games of a doubleheader against the Giants on Thursday, and then eight to two is the loss on Friday. Um, Jason Alexander was pitching, and it was not a great game. Adrian Hauser puts together one one of the best, if not his best, or the best starts for him in the season. Five to one win on Saturday. Brandon Woodruff did Brandon Woodruff things on Sunday. A bunch of strikeouts, I believe, ten he finished with in the game. And the Brewers still only win seven to six. Managed to win. Rowdy Tellez had himself a game. Willie Adamas had himself a weekend. Awesome weekend for him. Yelich has been doing Christian Yelich things of 2019, minus the um, extra base hits, but hey, we'll still take value he has provided to this Milwaukee Brewers offense from that leadoff spot. But look, I mean, the Brewers are doing what they need to do to stay in the playoff hunt at least, as we'll get our standings report here shortly. I wanted to talk a little bit about the prediction challenge before we get there. So I predicted a four and four record last week. The actual record was five and three. I've been a game off, it seems, a lot. And this week is no different. So my prediction this week is three and two. 
So you got five games. You got two against the Cardinals in St. Louis. Yikes. You come back home. You play the New York Yankees. You play one of the best teams in baseball. As of late, I know they've been struggling. So you might be like, how do I get three three games out of here? I think you got to make a statement in St. Louis. You win either two of them. You split that. Yankees have, again, have been like they still are one of the best teams in baseball, but they've been struggling. I think you can win win one, if not two there. I think you can get to three wins this week. Might be pushing it, but I like this Brewers team at home. It just is a tough stretch. We talked about it. Cardinals, two games. And then we have the Yankees for three, Mets for three. You get the Reds then for four. So, I mean, there, there's some benefits here. Those four games against the Reds, you got some Marlins here. You got a four game against the Marlins. So those are eight games that you're like, you got to go six and two at least if you want to end up in the playoffs. I'm still worried here about it. And, you know, it's just some concerns that are going on with this squad. So they're eight back of the division. I think you throw the division out of the window right now. I don't think that's something we can look at. It seems like I say that every week, but St. Louis, 83 and 58. Milwaukee then 75 and 66. Yikes there let's go to the wild card here okay so atlanta 87 and 53 there in the top spot here philadelphia 77 62 and san diego 77 and 64 the milwaukee brewers are only two games back of the wild card now after san diego they lose back-to-back days here Milwaukee Brewers, they win back-to-back days. So two games back there against the Padres. It's starting to look. It was like three and a half, and then the Phillies were on fire, and it was like, okay, how are we going to do this? And the Padres give the Brewers a break. They start losing games. So that spot is still up for grabs. Right now, that spot would give you that would give you a series against the Cardinals. So, you know, it'd be, it'd be something. That would be an insane series, the Milwaukee Brewers and the St. Louis Cardinals. Dueling it out in a three-game set. But the big story is the Mets and the Braves are battling for that NL East spot. That's the most intriguing division race right now. Playoff report in the AL looks like Houston at one, New York two seed. Both of them get the bye. It'd be Cleveland and Toronto squaring off three and six. Tampa Bay and Seattle at the four and five. So two three game series there. That'd be in the AL. Sorry, we're gonna we'll backtrack a little here or. And we're going to go back and we'll look again. Brewers scheduled, like I said, three and two. Intrigued to see how they fare and including um, looking how the Padres and Phillies, right? Those are the two teams. If you're watching, I would say you're not looking at how the Cardinals do each night. You're looking at how the Padres and the Phillies perform each night. Interesting approach, I know, but something I want to keep in mind. Just looking, you know, you can't battle for a division if it's eight games in a month. Maybe, you know, things can happen. Miracles can happen, but. I'm not focused on that. I want to make the playoffs at this point. And that's how fans should be looking at it. I know I know, having to buy it, the Apple does not sound appealing. And I, I am too frustrated when that is said by management. But at the end of the day, we're hoping we're hoping at least you know, to just get in the playoffs and where, where the positioning is right now. Not ideal, but again, I know. Okay, there's my Brewer rant. Um, but let's go to Packers. I think this is going to be... Another time to rant here. So, oh, again, I, I was able to see the second half. Maybe I saw the better half because, I mean, I was watching a little pack or the Brewer game. I was talking with, you know, some friends watching it between innings and 
I think I saw the better half based on what I've heard, based on stuff I've seen. Again, I'll be looking. I'm not. I'm looking forward to, and at the same time, not looking forward to rewatching that first half because I still got want to see how the team looks. But look, twenty-two for thirty-four, one hundred ninety-five yards for Rogers with an interception. Made some risky throws too in that last drive. I'll add four sacks he took, and he also, I believe, had four or five knockdowns. And at 67.7 rating. Look, you cannot blame Aaron Rodgers with some of those sacks and knockdowns because look. I mean, I, I know we all saw it. It was just it was tough for Rodgers in terms of the offensive line being inexperienced. I guess I should have started this by saying on the game, 325, Bakhtiari out of the game, Lazard out, and Elton Jenkins, all three out from this game. And yeah, um, I was just going through that. But also on on the other side, passing wise, Kirk Cousins had himself pretty pretty good, really good day. I'll say twenty three for thirty two, two hundred seventy seven yards, eight point seven average, two touchdowns for him, no interceptions, only one sack taken for Cousins. We'll get back to the rushing side, but yeah, twenty three to seven, as you know, was the final, and Minnesota jumped out to a seventeen nothing lead. And then they, or was, I guess really a 20 nothing lead. AJ Dillon gets that touchdown in the third. Minnesota gets another field goal in the fourth. But going to rushing here, I want to talk about that AJ Dillon's performance. AJ Dillon looked very, very good today. I'd say he he's probably the player of the game for the Packers offense. 10 for 45 with a touchdown. Had a 14 yard run as well. Aaron Jones, he looked he looked good, but. The, the story really is how A.J. Dillon dominated the rushing and receiving work in terms of the running. He had five receptions for 46 yards as well as A.J. Dillon with six targets. He led the team in targets. So that that's something to add. He had five carries, five receptions. PPR, you know, in fantasy football especially, had himself a day. I also want to talk Romeo Dobbs had a one one carry for 11 yards, a little end around action there. Christian Watson also one one carry for seven yards. Let's go to the receiving side. Um, more Christian Watson, two for 34. Do we need to talk about that? Uh, the, that play uh, in the first. Uh, yeah, tough for Christian Watson. Um, that was uh, Sammy Watkins, three for 18. Um, Aaron Jones, three for 27, with one of them being 22-yard catch. Josiah DeGuara, two for 28. Robert Tunyon, three for 36. He was like exclusively used in the second half, it seemed. He did nothing in the first. As many in this Packers offense did not, not much in the first. But yeah, Romeo Dobbs getting four for 37. That was something to look at there with five targets. Pretty equal target distribution, I guess I should go back to. Dylan, six. Dobbs, five. Tunyon, five. Jones five, Watson four, Watkins three, Cobb three. And then, yeah, it was DeGora two. Juwan Winfrey, who practice squad guy, elevated one for 17. Tyler Davis one for three. Eh, the, we, we knew this was going to be a tough game for the Packers. It seems everyone said, oh, this game in this game in Minnesota is going to be a loss first week. Everyone said that. And that's exactly what happened. Crushing loss here. Minnesota rushing wise. Dalvin Cook, 20 for 90. Um, 
decent performance for Cook. I mean, it was four and a half yards per carry. No touchdowns for him. A long of 16 yards for rushing. Justin Jefferson is the Green Bay Packers owner, you could say, even though they don't have an owner. He is their owner. Nine for 184, two touchdowns for a, with 11 targets. I mean, it was it was remarkable the performance Justin Jefferson had for the Vikings. And Thielen, three for 36. Dalvin Cook, three for 18. On the receiving end, he had five targets. We had just Jefferson had 11 targets. Cook had five. Thielen had four. That's exactly kind of how you thought it would go. KJ Osborne also had four, three for 14. Johnny Mund, three for 17. Really, and then that was kind of really it. Irv Smith, only two targets in this game. That is something I would keep in mind. Irv Smith was a guy people in the community, especially the fantasy football community, were talking about as a breakout breakout there. Not really the case here in week one. So I would be on the lookout for that. What about defense? Yeah, you might be asking. Uh, a lot of people disappointed with this Packers performance defensively. I'd say more on the receiving end than rushing. You know, rushing wasn't necessarily great. Four and a half yards in attempt the whole game. That's not that's nothing too exciting, but wasn't something that's not something that's gonna lose you the game. Uh allowing a guy to go nine for 184 with two touchdowns and a 64 yard touchdown or 64 yard long as well. That's that's what loses you the game. Also on the defensive end, allowing you know four sacks, three tackles for loss, five QB hits. That doesn't help either. Zedary Smith, of course, was just love that sack off uh, on Aaron Rodgers. But I guess let's talk more about the Green Bay defensive side. Devondre Campbell, I thought looked pretty good from what I saw. Quay Walker was a guy rushing wise. He run defense. He had some. He had some nice plays. Still needs some work. You know, getting adjusted to the scheme. It felt like in pass coverage, especially some run plays as well. Sean Gary still looks like a stud. Two QB hits, a sack, a tackle for loss there. Had a great, himself a game. Eric Stokes, at least I think in the second half, I like to point out, he had some all right plays, had some blunders too. I want to I want to add. Jaron Reed, I, I was pleasantly pleased, I'd say, with his performance today. I thought Reed, he's a guy who you need to step up. Otherwise, you know, on the defense, those were kind of like the main guys. Uh, Devontae Wyatt only had a tackle there but again he's in a position to not really accrue a lot of stats so I can't really say much there Harrison Smith had that interception off of Rodgers I should add otherwise you know special teams couldn't can't say lost the game today cannot say that so that's always a good thing to have um yeah Minnesota got three field goals from Greg Joseph Crosby only had to do his work on an extra point but yeah, the Packers, yikes, uh, week one loss. I, I said it like this. This is what I, I said. I was like, all right, well, do, well, do we remember last year's loss? We do. Was this worse than last year's loss? No, this was probably a better loss. Again, it's hard to quantify what's a better loss. But I would I I would say this game, at least, you know, it wasn't like a blowout like last year. But I still think there's a lot of questions. I am concerned about this Green Bay receiving Core here, I, I when AJ Dillon's your leading receiver, eh, eh, a lot, a lot of questions for me. I really was hoping Watson would have stepped up, but really that play there that was tough. I knew we need a guy Watkins, Watson, 
One of those guys, Winfrey, even Jawan Winfrey. I mentioned him already. Randall Cobb, one of those guys just has to step up if this Green Bay Packer receiving core, you know, an offense in general wants to do well. I mean, they didn't do terrible in the run game. Like they had average 6.2 yards an attempt. But when you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, you can't be like this phenomenal. I mean, you can be a phenomenal run team, but that can't be like your best asset. I feel like if you have Aaron Rodgers, the passing game certainly needs to be something when you have a guy of his talent. Not a great game again today for him, but we can go through. I'll go through the game a little bit play by play here of kind of what happened, how it happened here, and going through it. So, the scoring summary, I guess I should call it. It was, you know, Jefferson got the touchdown in the first quarter, and then a 28 yard field goal in the second for Greg Joseph, then a 36 yard touchdown from Cousins to Jefferson. And that made it 17 nothing and a half. That field goal then, 56-yarder, 20 nothing. A.J. Dillon, touchdown, two-yard run, 20-7. to And then Greg Joseph, a field goal, 23-7. Again, that's how you got your final. So, yeah, Green Bay Packers 0-1. Minnesota Vikings 1-0. The next Sunday night, we have a game against the Chicago Bears at Lambeau. I should say the 1-0 Chicago Bears. They get the job done against the San Francisco 49ers in a thrilling upset at Soldier Field. Should be a good game on NBC, 720 again. Matchup predictor. I'm now I'm looking at ESPN here. Their power football in football power index. They got them 89.1% chance to win the game again. How much does that really mean? And then we'll have to we'll keep you posted on the injury report. Otherwise, let's go to make some the final announcements here before we wrap up. So, again, I talked about social media, live stream days, hats, Fantasia, Thrive. Keep those in mind. I want to talk about content on Instagram. You'll be seeing. I mean, we saw a lot of great stuff. Zach Roush of Journey to Million made some great templates here with regarding your Thrive parlays we've been running. All that good stuff. So go check those out on the social media. Every Sunday, those will be out. Check out. You'll see some more reels on the way here on Instagram. We have some great stuff planned in the social media department. So just want to make that announcement. Otherwise, you know, that's kind of all I had here. You know, right over 30 minutes. Wanted to bring, you know, a football talk, all that good stuff. Talk about baseball in case, you know, Packer game you're watching either tonight if you're listening or yesterday on Monday. want to bring that to you. So you're in the loop, right? That's all what we're about here to keep things in mind. But otherwise, that's all I have here. Drew Skyberg signing off. Again, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you. Thank you, everybody. Good night.